follows the free kick. Colaccini nearly got ahead on it. Tiote, great strike! Oh! It's an absolutely fantastic goal! He bounces on the crossbar and it's to the net! Would you believe it? Divo Carigi! Balotelli, Aguero! The Martin Download, back once again, usual cast and crew, Ian Gilmore, Adam Baker, and making his debut today, Luca Maloney. Luca, thanks for joining us. Glad to have you here. Hey, it's, it's more fun right. to have three guys. It's a bit more banter, right, instead of just two? Good stuff. Yeah, thank, uh, thanks for having so, me here, Ian. Oh, awesome. Of course, of course. Um, so, we're getting back into the swing of things. Soccer's starting back up again, boys, and it's exciting. A um, couple things let's get to that we missed uh, before we start previewing the Premier League uh, in every league across Europe, Champions League, Bayern show they're the best team in the world, hands down. I, no one can really argue that really right now. Kings of Coman, 59th minute goal to win one nothing against PSG. Maybe the, the bigger game, though, was the 8-2 win against Barcelona. Adam, you followed German League more than me or Luca do. What, what's your takeaway from that run that Bayern made through the Champions League? Uh, so... It sounds weird coming from a Dortmund fan, but I'm glad they did it because, uh, look, they're obviously the best team in Europe throughout the season. And I was worried that single single elimination Champions League was going to ruin that. And people weren't going to realize. And Bundesliga would have to be a Farmers League again because the team that's won it didn't do good in Champions League. So I'm glad that all came together. They beat Barca the way they – I'm not going to say 8-2 is how they should have, but they're significantly better than Barca. They were supposed to smash them. So I'm glad it all came together for them. I'm glad Lewandowski showed up. He got top score, came close to Ronaldo's record. Everything. And, yeah, my two-week contract with Bayern paid off. <laughs> uh, the, the final game, a bit low scoring, I think, more than what people expected. Um, Luca, was there anything that jumped out to you uh, in that game, whether it surprised you about Bayern or maybe in the semifinals too? Um, Atalanta getting so far, RB Leipzig. What what kind of jumped out to you during that the, those Champions League games as we came back from lockdown? I mean, I think it played out exactly how fans thought it would. I thought we were going to see Bayern roll through all the way to the final, and then PSG just came up short. I think they missed chances, and it was clear. We saw the Mbappe miss. I mean, they had opportunities to put the game in the bag or even tie it up, and I think Bayern just were dominant in that game. I think there was no doubt that you from the start of the game to, down to the end, Bayern looked like they were going to win it. And, well, the thing with PSG, too, is they've, they've spent these millions and billions of dollars to try to build this Champions League winning team. This is the closest they've come, and they, they did come close, a 1-0 loss in the final. Um, but then their, their league started last weekend, right, this past weekend. They lose 1-0 to a crappy team. Half their team was out for COVID, of course. But is this a PSG team that you think will sort of – uh, stick together, or at this point, is it you know we've tried and we've tried and we've tried and maybe it's just not going to happen. Maybe we need to shake things up. What What do you think, Luca? I don't think so. I think Neymar and Mbappe, all the big guys, are still connected to the club. I think they're in a very good position right now. I mean, you didn't see Neymar try to leave this summer. You didn't see Mbappe getting pulled away from Madrid or a Liverpool. And having Icardi on the team, I think, is going to help. You know, I was surprised that he didn't play actually in the Champions League final. I was very surprised, but I think they have a solid group to build around. And midfield, too, Di Maria is still going at it. And, you know, the only player they really lost was Thiago Silva, which I believe they have enough to replace. Older center back. Adam, so do you think, like I said, they're getting close. <laughs> is there another piece they need, or can they do it with this team they've got now? 
I mean, I think they can do it with this team, but I also think this route was a uh, kind of easy when you look at it. You had it was very it was played, very kind. It was a kind route to them. Yeah, it was very Roy, fair. Royce missed both of the Dortmund games. Uh, Ilicic missed the Adelana game, and Werner missed the Leipzig game. So three route on on the way to the final, the three teams they played all missed their best player. But I did say PSG would win in the preseason. I, I switched it coming out of quarantine to Bayern. But and I don't think they need another piece. I just think they need to kind of play the whole the same lineup for the whole season and stop switching up midseason. It hurts that they have all these injuries, but you know I still think talent wise they're a top three team in Europe. Um, way too early predictions. Does Bayern repeat? Is there anyone that can beat them in the Champions League, Adam? Early prediction, yeah, they repeat. Luca, I think they have a very big possibility of doing that. Who, who do you think is the, the next best? Who do you think has the best chance of unseating him, Luca? I think it may be too early to tell, but I would like to see Man City get their redemption. You know, I thought they came up very short against Lyon, and I, I think there would be no reason to see why they can't do it again and keep going further. And I would, you know, I'm a Tottenham fan, but I would love to see Manchester City go up there. Adam, you think, you think England has the best chance, or do you think it's somewhere else? Yeah, I don't think Liverpool's going to bow out early again next season. So if they get Thiago off of Bayern, maybe them. Real Madrid, what about them? Yeah, they I could think it's a hit or miss. I don't know. Just you got to see how Benzema has his midseason slumps and Hazard still has to get in shape. Okay. Uh, moving on to Europa League. This game was a bit more exciting. Sevilla 3. Inter Milan to Lukaku with two goals, one on each end, uh, and Luke de Jong, the hero for Sevilla. Uh, w- one of the things that was normal in 2020 was Sevilla won the Europa League. This was um, – we saw a, couple, a lot more big-name teams, I think, getting farther in the Europa League this year. Um, Adam, was just what was your takeaway from the, that tournament this, this year? Uh, I was disappointed Wolves didn't win. <laughs> uh, especially the way they went out was kind of sad. I was glad United didn't win. Uh, no, I by the semifinals, I wanted Sevilla to win it, so I was kind of relieved they did. I don't know. Something about this inner team I can't stand. And, uh, yeah, it, just, it, it worked out after Wolves went out to Sevilla that Sevilla won the rest of their games. Maybe it's How all the, uh, the, the former United players. Maybe that's what grinds you gears about Inter. Uh, Luca, do you, was it a surprise that Sevilla won, seeing as there was a lot of, a lot of bigger teams? I think it was a surprise. I think uh, it was a good. It was a good match. I would think it was a good match to watch because Inter came in. Uh, they looked like they steamrolled. Um, Lukaku looked sharp. So I really thought there was no reason why Inter should have lost this match. You know, I think they were very good. But Sevilla again. I mean, their pressing was unbelievable. I watched the whole game and I thought, you know, Inter got lucky with getting that penalty in the first couple of minutes. But definitely after Sevilla, I mean, they were just ready. They were just ready. They were on every chance, and they look sharp. Now, this one's a little bit harder, I think, to predict the winner next year because, you know, we might see a, a really good team bow out of the Champions League early. Um, if you had to pick one way too early right now, who would you go with, Luca? I'd say, you know what, I'd go with, let's see if Sevilla can do it again. Okay. Adam? You know. Arsenal? Arsenal. Arteta's master plan. Just keep yeah. winning trophies. One game played, one trophy already. 
hundred percent for the season. It's true. I hundred percent at Wembley too. It's true. Do where's uh? Do, do we know where the finals are for these next year? I think they're gonna give it back to the teams that are supposed to have it this year. So Champions League should be in Turkey, and I don't know where Europa League was supposed to be in the first place. Okay. I, you know, I'm going to go out on a whim and say United goes out in the group stages and then wins, wins Europa League, and that's their only trophy this season. Um, and I think that would be a disappointment. Uh, perfect segue into the Prem, because uh, can they win a trophy this year? Probably not. Um, let's get into a little bit of preview. We'll start with each of our own clubs. So we got Lucas Spurs, Adam Liverpool, and myself, good old Newcastle. Um, Adam, there hasn't been too much in the offseason in terms of signings for Liverpool. Thiago's still not done. One, here's my first question. Do you think it's going to get done? Two, no matter if it gets done or not, do you think Liverpool can repeat? I think it gets done, and I think Vinaldum, if he leaves to Barcelona, that just, that'll speed up the process because Liverpool love acting like they're broke, so that $20 million from Vinaldum will help them a lot. Not, you know, acting like they didn't get Champions League and Premier League bonuses the last two seasons. but. I think they can repeat. I'm less confident this season than I would have been last season. I know a lot of people are saying, like... Why? Why? They won the, they won the title by 20-plus points. Why are you less confident? Of, well, I'm not, I'm not worried about how they finished the season because I think that was just because of the gap. But I guess I am a little worried that there's going to be the now what that everyone's talking about. And, like, they won the Champions League and bowed out in the round of 16. So who knows? If the, I don't... I don't know if there'll be a Premier League cooldown. I'm still going to say Liverpool wins the league, but I'm a little more worried this season. And just real quick, uh, not counting the League Cup, City went trophyless, and they're signing everyone as if they already had a bad squad. So I'm a, I'm a little worried about them this season. Well, I think I think the League Cup counts as a trophy, so I don't know about trophies. <laughs> you know what um, I mean, but for Manchester City, it's a little bit of a low bar. If if Liverpool do win this year, do you th- do you think it'll be tighter than last year and how tight? Yeah, I just, I think both. Hmm. Yeah, it should be more of like the 2018-19 season. Maybe not like a one-point difference towards the end, but like maybe both teams in the 90s. Okay. Uh, Luca, big Spurs guy. All or nothing. You said you've watched it all. It's a very good documentary. Jose Mourinho is wonderful around the cameras. My favorite part so far was the Danny Rose Mourinho interview when they sent him to Newcastle. Uh, you know, it was wonderful. This is this is a weird year. For, it's a it's a yeah a weird year for Spurs because it's you guys are kind of I'd say almost in purgatory right now. You don't like what's coming next. I think yeah. is the big question. So for you, what is a successful season? What's a season you're okay with, and what would be a failure? I think a successful season would definitely be in the top five, considering the other teams in competing for a top six. I think in the top six, top five, I think would be very successful for Jose Mourinho, considering the signing that he's had. He's put in uh, Hoybieg and um, and Matt Doherty, two signings that I'm actually very happy with. I think they're strong, but they're obviously it's not a Kai Havertz, it's not a Timo Werner, you know. So I think. If Spurs, if Spurs can take it up to a top six, I think I'll be very happy. I think Jose Mourinho should be very happy too. And if they can finish with the League Cup, FA Cup, I think should definitely be in the mix. So, so what would be a failure then? What would you? What would you? What What would a season be like that you want Mourinho gone? 
Mourinho got, I say this team, if they can't get going, you know, if they start bottom half, you know, I, don't, I just don't see it. You know, it's been hard to judge a team uh, with, with Jose Mourinho in it that can climb back up from the bottom half all the way back up mid-season. It's tough to see. You know, I would hate to see Jose gone just because I, I like his process. I like what he's doing. And he obviously needs a couple more signs. So um, so if if it do, if that does happen, I'd be very sad to see Jose go, but you, I'd be also be interested who see who they bring in. So if top six, uh, and in one trophy is success, uh, what would you say to seventh place and semifinals of the FA Cup and Carabao Cup? If the player performances look good, if the team looks like they're playing good, if it looks like they're really strong out there, you know, I give it to them. Because okay. this is going to be this is going to be a quite difficult season, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Uh, real, I don't want to get into it too much because I'll get all worked up. But Newcastle, we have to talk about it, whether we want to or not. And you know what? I I shouldn't even go in with that attitude right now because I'm totally happy with with where we are right now. Um, Richard Masters, Premier League, what CEO or president, whatever. He, he's top guy. Uh, he's a coward. He's a fraud. Uh, anything he says against Newcastle is totally false. And that's not just because I'm biased. That is because there's so much evidence uh, on the side of Newcastle providing uh, everything. And, and um, Amanda uh, Stavely and the, and the PIF providing everything they needed to get the takeover going. Uh, and the only reason that it didn't go through is because the Premier League, uh, I don't know, doesn't want another team to have lots of money and challenge uh, top six or whatever it is. But um it, it's just been a bad look, I think, for the Prem because Newcastle's. A, this is not just me. Newcastle's a massive club. They are. And they, they are. They've always been. Yeah. Outside of that top six, uh, right now, I think we're in this. Being in the Premier League has us in the discussion for that seventh largest team. That doesn't mean we're finishing seventh every year, obviously, uh, but we're there. That behind us, three wonderful signings, right? Uh, Jamal Lewis from Norwich, um, Cal Wilson, and Ryan Fraser. All guys that last last summer I would have been totally happy with. So this summer, you know what? I'll be totally happy with that too. Callum Wilson's a striker that can score goals, which is something we need. Joe Linton, all, all his mistakes, he's not a striker. He plays off the left. We need an out-and-out striker. Andy Carroll can get the job done every now and then, uh, but we need a guy like Callum Wilson. Ryan Fraser's going to provide depth um, on the outside. ASM, Almiron, Matt Ritchie, and Ryan Fraser, those are four guys that can play very well. Uh, in wide forward positions. And Jamal Lewis gives us great depth uh, along the back line, uh, especially with the, the trouble we've had right now. I think Kieran Clark's got a broken leg. Paul Dummett's working back from injury. Uh, Florian Lejeune just went on loan to Alaves. So um, that's the only place I'm a little bit worried about is the back line, especially with no Dubravka to start the season. He's hurt. Um, you know, I'll answer the same question I, I posed to you, Luca, is uh, a success, I think, a total success would be top half, finishing ninth or tenth, uh, going to, I'll say, the quarterfinals in one or two cups. It, we'll go one cup. Um, and I think flat out, failure is relegation. And anything in between that, you know what, I'm going to have to deal with. I'll be fine with. Uh, I, I've <laughs> grow, grown accustomed to mediocrity, unfortunately, um, ever since 2011-12 when they finished, what, fifth. Um, that was the height of my f- fan base in any, any sport ever. Um, but, you know, I, I just – I unfortunately feel like it's going to be another roller coaster of a season. Last year we were above Arsenal halfway through the season and still managed to finish, I think, 14th. Um, so I'm just hoping for improvement. That's really all I can hope for right now. And, yeah, 
There's your Newcastle update. Um, so I, I want to get a quick into, question for you about Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, what's the chance ASM can be seen as like a top three player outside of the big six by the end of the season? Ten cents. Top three player outside of like totally outside yeah, of the but, big six teams, a top three player in the league. Yeah, absolutely. So he's competing with like Grealish, Hamas, guys from Wolves, Traore, those kind of guys. Yeah, he's better than Grealish. I'll die on that perch. Like Grealish, Grealish is overrated as hell. Uh, I'll ASM die. I'll die than than <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, big Grealish guy over there. Um, and I don't even think is that really a, a discussion, Luca? You're you're an unbiased third party. Is is that a discussion? Don't have to tell us who's right. Is that a discussion? I, it's definitely a discussion, and I agree okay. with you. And I I don't rate uh, Jack Grealish very highly, but you know they want him in the England team. You know, send him there and see what he does. That's my. I think, that's what I tell them. I think by the end of the season, Adam, um, I don't know if he'll produce numbers wise, but he's always enticing to watch, and he's he's very often the best player on our side, no matter what he produces stats wise. Uh, I think by the end of the season, he'll get called up to France, uh, and I do think that at the very least, he'll challenge for that top three players outside of the top the big six, if not be in it. All right, and I guess for future episodes, we'll have to have Jack Grealish updates just to. Bring that debate back throughout the season. You know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll set a goal do. for DeMartin download is get them both on the same episode. Get Jack Grealish and ASM on yeah. DeMartin download and they can hash it out themselves. Um, speaking of Jack Grealish, still with Aston Villa, hasn't got picked up by anyone else. Uh, that that could affect one the relegation battle and two the top six battle if he went anywhere bigger. So those are the two things I want you guys to predict right now is top six in the Premier League this year and who's getting relegated. Uh, after that, we'll go Golden Boot and Golden Glove. But so th- like Luca said, this is going to be an interesting season. It's going to be a tough season. Uh, so, Luca, we'll start with you. Who's your top six? Who's getting relegated? All right. In my top six, I have Liverpool, City, United, just because I think they are con- I, I think they can bring back consistency. Chelsea, I'm going to go with fourth. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt that there's new signings and having those fresh legs in there week in and week out is going to be big for them. I'm going to say fifth, Tottenham's going to finish. I think Tottenham's going to finish fifth. Sixth, I'm going to go with either Arsenal or Wolves in a very close finish. Okay. And relegation? Relegation, I'm going to go Brighton. I'm going to go, let's see. Give me just a second. I'm going to go Brighton, Crystal Palace, and West Brom. Okay. Why? Either either side, top six, why, or relegation, why, or both? Uh, top six, I think we're going to see a tough battle. Relegation, I think they're just – I think it's just not going to be a, a good battle for them going up going down. And I think they're going to struggle. I, I don't think they're going to bring enough goals for either side. Yep. And I think when they go against the top six, it's just going to be a, a no-brainer. All right, Adam, you're up. All right, so – really don't want to say that the top six is just going to be the big six, but I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to believe that the way Jose Mourinho and Arteta are going, Arsenal and Spurs are going to fall out, and the other yeah. two teams have just made too many good signings. So I'm going to go in order. Liverpool, City, Chelsea, United. I don't know which way to lean in North London, but I'm going to go Arsenal, Spurs, and then pushing close will be Everton and Wolves. I don't, think Le- okay. I don't think Leicester makes the same run they did last season. I think they really come back down, especially now that they have Europa. And I think they ran out of luck. 
yeah, and I don't think Sheffield's going to be in the mix again either. Yeah, and playing in Europe, that's a big thing, especially with yeah. it. They don't have that much depth anymore, so that's going to be big for them. And then who, who's your three going down? I'm going to go with Fulham, West Brom, and Brighton. Okay. So two of the team, teams that just came up and yeah. Brighton. Um, I, I like those top six. I think that – so, Adam, remind me if I'm wrong, but when we uh, did that giant episode at the end of last season, did I say Chelsea would win? I think I, I, think I said that just because I wanted to go different than what I, everyone else said would win the title. I feel like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change course because <laughs> – um, but, you know, I did say um, that Chelsea at plus 1,000 to win the Premier League, those are some tasty odds. And slapping 10 bucks on that to win 1,000 or what, 10,000 or whatever. I don't know how betting works. Those are nice odds. And I, I, I was – I might just take that before the game starts tomorrow. Um, I think they'll finish top four. And the, here's the thing, too, is I think that – because of their signings, I think if they don't finish top three, the season's a failure for Chelsea. Also, I think if they don't finish top three, uh, the season's a failure for United. I know they didn't haven't gotten Sancho yet, but bring in Van de Beek in. And with the team they have, um, I think top three is attainable. And because they're Man United, I think it's a little bit of a failure if they don't finish top three. That being said, I don't think they will. I think they'll finish fourth. Uh, Gut tells me that Chelsea's going to finish higher than third, but I think the safe thing to say is Chelsea third. Uh, and then I'm going to go Liverpool second, City first. I think they're back on top. Um, the thing is with them is they're so deep, but they do have to stay healthy. Uh, I think especially the back line, staying healthy is massive for them. Um, but the way we saw Liverpool after that break, it wasn't, it wasn't too encouraging, I think, if you're a Reds fan. I think you'll agree with that, Adam. Not in your head. Um, and it's just so hard to see them doing what they did last season again. So I don't think they do. Um, fifth and sixth, I, I do think Arsenal and Spurs will be there. I'm going to go Arsenal fifth because Arteta is starting to figure out what he wants in this team. Uh, and the, the big name player or the non big name players are starting to step up and become very good Premier League uh, caliber players. Uh, I hate to do this to you, Luca, but I think Wolves finish sixth and, and Spurs finish seventh. It, it, again, they just. Uh, it's, a, it's tough, man. It's the tough. signings aren't there either. That's the thing is he's going to need somebody before the season starts or before this window closes. Um, and if they don't get off to a good start, he's either Mourinho's either going to be gone or they're going to need to sign someone. Gets in for Nandis, but he wants I think a, is, He wants a striker. He wants, Jose wants a striker, yeah. and I think that's exactly what they need. And I was actually not too happy when I saw Rodrigo go to Leeds. Because I thought he would have been perfect. Yeah. And I saw it today. He said they think they're going to get one or they still need one or whatever it was. Um, but the, I, I think that's crucial. I think that's I'd crucial. Like, I'd like to see Delhi be the false nine if they don't get a backup striker for Kane and just let Delhi just needs line run off of him. Delhi just needs consistency. No, for sure. I just feel like he's not like the pure 10 people want him to be. No. But like, I think a false nine not is where he could – because when he was flourishing back in like 16, 17, again, I didn't watch as closely and I was a bit younger. But I feel like it was more about his output, not his creativity. No, so he, he, plays very, he plays very high and he likes to score goals. You know, it's no yeah. doubt. And yeah. I think, yeah. The biggest thing too is Kane is always good for a couple weeks, at least out per season. So having that like world-class striker that can come in or – 
or play when Kane's healthy too, I think is big. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we saw the disaster that happens when Kane is injured, you know, when Kane's injured, this team is locked. And then if you have injury problems and your team's in your open league, that just multiplies. So yes. Yep. Add a month to that. Um, going down the three teams I've got going down, everyone's saying West Brom's going down, but the thing is, Last time that they came up and then they stayed up for like eight, nine years. So, you know what? I'm going to stick with them. Uh, I think Brighton's a good bet to go down, like you guys said. I'm not big on Leeds. Everyone's saying they're going to finish top half. They're not Sheffield United. I understand they got a lot of history. Fulham spent, what, $150 million last time they came up and then they went down. Leeds, going back down. Uh, and then uh, Villas, Villas run their time again. I think they're down, especially if Grealish leaves. Who do they have? John McGinn, not going to get it done. Um, so I got Leeds, Villa, uh, Brighton going down. Now, Golden Boot and Golden Glove, I think, is just as tight as you know the title race might be. Um, I'll, I'll start off here. Golden Boot, I don't think there's anyone that is going to really, really challenge Aubameyang. And I think if there's anyone, it's going to be Sergio Aguero coming back again. The other, the other strikers in the league, uh, I think, are either injured too much, Harry Kane, uh, have too many attacking options around him, Timo Werner, um, or just have too many strikers in the side, Rashford, Martial, uh, anyone else on, on Man U. So Aubameyang was wonderful last season. He's already showing uh, he's wonderful again. And Arteta is getting stuff done at Arsenal. I think the Golden Gloves a little bit trickier to pick, but just to be a safe pick, I'll go with Alisson. Um, yep, that's mine. Luca, who you got? I have top score. I'm going with Aguero. I think his consistency, I think how Pep Guardiola built the team around him is is very fair to him. And I think he can have a big season, especially if they're going to make that extra push. And Golden Glove, uh, Allison. I think with the defense in front of him, Allison's consistent. You don't think Aguero's too old? What happened? You don't think Aguero's too old? I think Aguero still got it, man. I think he knows this league too well. Um, he knows how to play English football, and that's the beauty of Sergio Aguero. He knows it. I'd agree with you there. Adam, who do you got? Uh, so it's going to be a close race between Aubameyang and Werner for me, but I'm going to go with Werner. Just to go with some of the points you said earlier, I don't, think the, too many big, I don't think the too many attacking options is going to be a problem for him because I think like I think ZX there is a, to mainly assist, not a score. Pulisic Kai Havertz, isn't, Christian Pulisic. Yeah, they'll get assists to him. And if you're uh, if Werner's taking penalties, Pulisic and Ziyech are going to get at least seven combined. Is Werner going to take penalties, though? <laughs> I think he will, just because they're going to want him to get golden boot. And I think okay. just like... Put Jorginho on there. <laughs> I think Jorginho's out of the squad by the time the season... Or by the time the window ends. But, I mean, I just think the way he's going to be getting fed from those three, he's going to lead the league in missed chances, too. But just to get enough to heal, because he's still not the most clinical player. But if you look at like how the Premier League deals with fast forwards, like Aguero, Vardy, or not Aguero, Aubameyang and Vardy at his peak, they don't know how to, like, they they always thrive. It's I true. think again, Aubameyang is going to do great because really no one on that Arsenal team besides him can score. But I think Werner edges him. And then Golden Glove. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like echo what you guys said, but I feel like Allison's the only safe bet with that defense and him being the best goalie in the league. If if there was a surprise, a surprise Golden Glove, I think Nick Pope was a surprise this year. Um, Nick Pope. Who, who do you think it would be, Adam? Um, 
Give it to Rio Patricio. Okay. Solid pick. Luca? No, I'm going to go with Nick Pope. I okay. think I, he enjoyed his season. Um, do we think Dean Henderson has a chance to start for United? That's another thing. David De Gea and oh, Dean Henderson yeah. are two world-class keepers. I don't care what you say about De Gea and the mistakes he's made. He's a world-class keeper. Uh, how do you think they're yeah. going to handle that? Because that, that's tough. But both those guys don't want to be playing on the bench. And I can guarantee you, neither of them want to be the cup goalkeepers. As many games as they'll get outside the league, still don't want to be that. Adam, how do you think, how do you think uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer deals with that? My prediction would be it goes – it's De Gea spot until he messes up again. So then if Henderson so for ever a game, gets a <laughs> Basically, Henderson. I mean, De Gea will start. Henderson will get his first start, keep a clean sheet, and then it'll be Dean Henderson's job. Okay, Luca. I could see it going the other way around. Maybe Henderson gets the start of the Premier League first, and then De Gea jumps into the Champions League. You know, I'd like to see put. I like to see uh, Solskjaer put some good faith in in Dean Henderson. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic because, like I said, they're both world class keepers. Dean Henderson just signed a six year contract. Um, I, I think what he's got to do is pick a starting keeper in the Prem and pick a starting keeper in the Cups. And whoever's, I don't know, if they're not happy, then maybe they'll be gone in winter. You get $30 million for whoever it is. And probably De Gea, because why would you get rid of Henderson when he's so young? Um, that, that's a tough one, though. Very tough one. Um, tough. So that's – any more, any more uh, little tidbits uh, on the Premier League preview before we move across Europe? How about best uh, new signing? Yeah, I was going to say signing. that one. Um, I, 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 there's there's been a lot of good signings. That's the, that's the thing in the summer is. Um, but I I think the best one, and I think it's I think it's the most expensive so far. Kai Havertz. I I think that's that's tough to beat. He's top player I think in the world, top fifteen twenty in the world right now. Uh, and so getting him to not Liverpool and not City isn't easy to do right now in England. So Chelsea I think did did very well with that. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I know it's kind of – yeah, and it's a little predictable, and you just said it, but I like Havertz too much to go any other direction with that one. I think it has to be him. And he can play, like, all over the squad. He can be there for a while. He's still, like, 20. It's a perfect signing. Luca, do you have a different one, or are you going to hop on the Havertz train? No, I love – I like Havertz, but you know what? I'm going to go with Manchester United's new signing, Donny Van de Beek. I think he's going to be big for them, especially if he gets a good role alongside Pogba and Bruno Fernandes. I would love to see him thrive. You guys see, I saw uh, a meme on Twitter that said United's midfield is now um, no balance, just vibes. <laughs> all three, all three attacking players: Pogba, Fernandez, Van de Beek. Okay, um, so we'll go across Europe now. We'll go to Bundesliga. Uh, so Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, and League. Uh, we'll just predict uh, winners, and maybe if it's a close second, who's your close second? Bundesliga. Adam is. Are you guys gonna unseat Bayern? Is there any chance that Dortmund gives them a run? Right. So there's, a, there's two caveats, I think. <laughs> if Royce plays 30 of the 34 games and Holland comes within five goals of Lewandowski, Dortmund wins the league. Really? That's yeah. bold. I just need both of those two to come through, especially the first one. Is there any chance that happens if, if those things don't happen? Um, the second one, Holland can get a far behind Lowy if the rest of the squad balances the scoring, but Royce can't miss more than a month. Okay. Luca, what do you think? Um, I hate to do this to Adam, but I think Bayern are going to steamroll right through the Bundesliga. 
I think Leroy adding Leroy Sané just scares me just saying it. I, I think that's about three times as more likely to happen than Dortmund even really coming close, to be, to be quite honest with you. Um, La Liga, Barcelona's in shambles. Real Madrid's not. Uh, Atletico, maybe a chance. Who knows? Luca, what do you think? Uh, well, Barcelona, I don't think you can say anything about them right now because you don't know how they're going to start. You know, with this whole turmoil with, uh, with Leo Messi, I just don't know how you could even say anything about Barcelona at the moment especially with the new manager, Ronald Koeman. You know, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, and again, for me, Real Madrid is still the, the best team in Spain, but I think Atleti can definitely push. Yeah. Madrid wins it by April. It's the, it's the era of Martin by Odegaard, April. finally. Wow. I'm excited. That takes over Luka Modric. Yeah, I wonder if you'll play, like, if you'll take that, like, Isco role on the right wing where you're really just a 10, or if you'll actually play, like, Modric's role. Because I like to think Valverde is going to keep the starting spot. Yeah, Valverde definitely. You know, it, it pains me to say this, but I think I think Barca finished third this year. It just it, it hurts so much to say that too. I hate I hate Madrid. Um, but the whole turmoil with Messi, I will he play? I think is a big question. One, we, um, and even if he does, who's around him? Like it's old dudes and mediocre players. So yeah. I think I think Madrid wins. I wouldn't be surprised, like Adam said, if they won it by April. Uh, Atleti will be right up there, and I think Barca finishes third, which is again very sad to say. One of the closer races, possibly, hopefully, is Serie A. Juventus has won at what, like eleven? What? How many years in a row now? A lot. Um, nine. Nine, I think. They're on nine, nine years in a row. Yeah. Jeez. Um, do they have a chance to get unseated this year? And who who could do it? Adam, we'll start with you. Um, they do, especially with Inter getting Hakimi. But I'm going to ride with Ronnie. I think Pirlo is going to get the job done in his first season. I trust him to be a great one of those p- former players that transitions to managing seamlessly. So I'm going to go with them again. Luca, I would love to see Lazio take it. I think they were fantastic last season, but came up short in very big games. And with Thierry Mobile, can he repeat a good season again? That's the question, and if and if he can, I think Lazio can definitely do it. Yeah, I think the the Pirlo factor is a little bit overlooked because it, you know it's crazy that Sari wins the league and did, he he didn't win any cups, but um and then gets fired. It's it's wild standards, very very high standards at Juve, and I think the league maybe is number one on get it done, but maybe isn't number one priority. I think they've got to win the Champions League, so maybe that will take away. Uh, a little bit of um, their focus from the league. I just don't think you can bet it. Like Adam said, you can't bet against Ronaldo um, as, as good as some other teams might be in that league. Uh, and then the last one, Liga. Real quick, uh, yes. Luca, your AC fan, give us your season prediction for them. <laughs> oh, uh, third place. I say this is going to be their season. I think they've rebuilt and added talent to their team. Sandro Tonali in there now. I mean, he's been wanted by Juve and Inter. You know, I say this team goes to third place. I don't think they'll win, but I think I definitely think they'll be third. So they're the Any best goals? team in Milan again? We're going to see the golden age of Milan in its rebirth, the, re- the renaissance. How many goals does Zlatan score? Uh, I say Zlatan will get uh, between 15 to 20 if he has a good season. Okay. Really? I say 
15. Wait, so would second be Lazio or Inter in your prediction? Or like, what's the top three? Top three, I'm going to go Lazio, Juve, and then AC Milan. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, the last one, Lee Gong. PSG, obviously the favorites. Uh, but Leon went far in the Champions League. Didn't have a great league season. They're not. They're not in Europe again, are they? Because they were so short in the, the league. So they got nothing else to focus on. Do they have a chance, or does anyone else have a chance? Luca. I don't think anybody else really has a chance. You know, um, unless PSG players don't play for like the half a season because of COVID. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think PSG always has the best chance to take this league home. Adam? Yeah, no, it's going to be PSG, especially because I don't know if Memphis is going to end up going to Barca or not. But when your best player would be like the fifth best player on PSG, it's a bit of an issue. No uh, disrespect to him, but, you know. Top scorer in the league. Or top scorer on PSG, I guess, because it's probably going to be one of them. Mbappe. He'll yeah. get more minutes than Icardi to get the – he'll take put him over the edge. Not even going to mention Neymar, yeah. though. I think he'll lead in assists. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't believe I don't believe Neymar is the volume scorer that that Mbappe is in the league, but and Neymar is certainly going to be one of the best players in that season, no doubt. But Mbappe will take top score. Okay, how about across Europe? Who's going to win the the European Golden Boot? We got who? So Mbappe, Lua, uh, could Holland could be in that mix? Uh, one of the many forwards on City. What do you guys think? Adam, we'll start with you. Oh, Lewandowski. He's going he's gonna to ride it back, especially now that he has an even better supporting cast. No hesitation whatsoever. Luca. I would love to see Thierry Immobile do it again for the Italians and for what Serie A is. I think it'd be lovely to see. Uh, perfect segue, by the way, into the FIFA 21 ratings. Uh, came out yesterday. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I think they're, this is one of the – in terms of, like, look at this guy and then compare him to this guy and see how, like, whack they are, I think it's one of the most whack years of FIFA ratings in a long time. My number one gripe with them, Lewandowski has to be high as high. I think he should have been the second highest rated player in the game. I'm surprised Messi was, was higher than Ronaldo. I think they're very even right now. And you know what? Lewandowski very well could have been the highest rated player in the game. Having him third, I think, is a little – a little yeah. bit off. Um, Serge Gnabry having less pace than Immobile, wild. Um, th- th- there's another one, too, I can't think of right now. But have and you guys Lukaku, looked at him? Was, Lukaku was a big surprise. The, the pace, yes. Not, not how low he was, too. Um, but yeah, what, 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 what was your guys' first takeaways, Luca? I mean, EA never fails to disappoint you, I'd say. Um, and because of Lewandowski, I think it's because of uh, Bayern's connection with Pro Evolution and Konami Sports. Uh, I'd say that's the real reason why. But then again, you know, uh, like I said, EA just, I think, got it wrong with a lot of players this year. Adam, what do you think? What do you first yeah, no, I, saw, I uh, saw a tweet that had just threw me off about all the ratings. It was a Bayern fan saying, Tiago downgraded, Oliver downgraded, Muller stayed the same, Gnabry went up one but got slower. And I don't know what Davies' rating is, but he's not a top 20 fullback. And that's the team that won the trouble. What? 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 That is nuts. I don't know what – He's a, he's again, a top, top three left back in the world. Yeah, yeah, but then FIFA just – I think they didn't want to give him the big jump from 77. 
My God, wow. EA is ruthless. I didn't even I didn't even know that. Um, so obviously that answers a couple questions. Uh, the other thing is is Hendo is higher than Tiago. What did you what, what did you think about that, Adam? Oh, oh yeah, no, that was that was horrible. That was going to be my other main takeaway. Like again, I have more respect for Henderson than I did a year ago, but better than Tiago, he was better than Royce too, which kind of hurt me to see. But like, if you want to keep him at an eighty-six, just bump everyone else up. There's no way it's coming off that Champions League. Everyone thought Tiago was one of the best midfielders in the world, and then he goes down to eighty-five. Didn't add up to me. One of the things that bounced off the, the page to me when I looked at I looked at him on 43's Instagram. I'm back here right now. Um, just uh, they're on the same page, but they're listed as higher. Fabinho, Roberto Firmino, and Hanmin Son all better than Bruno Fernandez. What do you think of that, Luca? I think it's fair. Um, to be completely honest, I think it's fair. But as as these ratings change halfway through the season, so it wouldn't surprise me to see one dropped one in. So. Who, who, who can say what, honestly? Best goalkeeper in the world, according to them, is Jan Oblak at 91. Ter Stegen and Allison both next to each other at 90. Adam, thoughts? So Ter Stegen's rated higher than Neuer? Yes, Neuer's at 89. Yeah. I think, okay, I didn't even see, I didn't think about Neuer's rating, but I think that's another one they got. Oh, wait, well, I mean, it's not like he's far off, but. No. Neuer, Neuer's, I think, still the best goalie in the world. I think Neuer, I think Neuer proved it. Especially looking at how bad Ter Stegen was against Bayern. He wasn't bad, though. That's the thing. Is they lost Especially, two. I don't think he played that bad. I think passing-wise, he was terrible. The press got to him. Save-wise, he just wasn't good. I won't say he was awful. I, I, think, I, think, he was way too, I think he was way too overconfident in that game, like Adam said, with the passing. Way too overconfident. And then when you get two or three goals right at you, back-to-back, you know, it's over. Uh, a couple more for discussion here. Benzema, 89. Too high or too low? Adam. Okay, I think when you – how does he rank among other strikers? Do you have that on you? Uh, Aguero's an 89 right above him. Technically, he's a center forward. They've got him listed as center forward. Uh, Kane's a 88. Um, Dybala's an 88. Who else? I'm with it, Suarez is an 87. Suarez needs to be way lower than 87. Obama Yang, 87. I, I, I gained a lot of yeah. respect for Benzema in the last two seasons. I think it's a fitting rating. He's okay. led the tees, especially considering no one else in that Madrid team could score this year. Like his second top scorer was Ramos. So I got, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give it to him. Is that fair, Luca, you think? Oh, no. Benzema is one of the most underrated players in the world. You know, he's just he just does so much. He's a genius at his position. I think it's a fair rating, but who knows how long it'll last. Aubameyang at 87, too high, too low. Luca. Uh, too low, honestly. I think he should be 89 or 88, to be completely honest. He, he's just, he runs the offense. He, he, his stats are ridiculous, and wherever you look at it, it's I think it's way too. I think it's too low. See, I don't get like the logic because he was a, he was an eighty-eight. He was an eighty-eight coming off a twenty-two goal season. He repeated that twenty-two goal season and went down a rating. It doesn't make sense. He should have at least stayed in eighty-eight. Downgrade oh, makes no sense, especially yeah. considering Arsenal looked like they had purpose towards the end of the season. Raheem Sterling and Hazard both eighty-eight left wingers, but Hazard is listed as just above him. Is that correct or wrong? Who's better? 
Adam. Hazard's better. I mean, I'm not big on Sterling, and even though Hazard had a god awful season, I'll take him over Raheem. Okay, Luca. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with Adam. I think you know, Hazard. I think last season was a 90 overall, and then dropped down to 88. I think it's fair considering the season he had, but you know, I, I still rate him higher than uh, Ryan Sterling. Mbappe is listed as the third highest striker in the world behind Ronaldo and Lewandowski at 90 overall. Too high, too low. I think that's just a positional like miss. He's not like, he didn't play striker for PSG. Yeah, that, yeah I agree with that. The yeah, he plays he plays wing all the time. But I mean, uh, I'll give it. He's good. I'll give him the rating. Yeah, I mean, he's sweaty no matter what on FIFA. So that's true. As long as they don't make him slower like everyone else. Salah and Mane, both 90 overall. Mane left wing, Salah right wing. They've listed Mane as just higher than Salah. You agree or disagree, Luca? I think it's fair. I think it's, it's very true, and I agree with that. Adam? I'm Team Salah, but I like how they were the same rating. I'm not going to be that hurt about Mane being slightly better. Okay, final one. All the way at the top. Ronaldo, 92. Messi, 93. They get that right or get that wrong? Adam? I guess, like you said earlier, I would have liked to see them tied, but one rating difference isn't isn't too disappointing. Messi did just have a twenty twenty season, so it's it's whatever to me. Luca, yeah, like Adam, it's not bad at all. You know, I don't think either player is going to cry about the rating. You know, like the like the rest, but it's fun to watch, and hopefully, we can see those ratings go up or down next season. That'd be interesting. Are you guys both buying FIFA twenty one? I'll have it in the apartment, but I don't think it's going to be me buying it myself. <laughs> Luca, are you going to have it? Oh, I'm going to have it, but then I'm sure after like a couple of weeks, it'll be over. Okay. Uh, before we say goodbye, any other last things you guys want to say before football starts up back again? Yeah, who's the, who's the career mode with this season, Gilmore? Oh, we're actually in 2024 uh, with Newcastle. And the, the team's kind of nuts at this point. We got Werner, 91, Jao Felix, 91, ASM, 88, across the front. Uh, have you ever heard of Wendell? He played for, like, Wolfsburg or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he played in Leverkusen. Leverkusen. Okay, yeah. I copped him uh, when he was at 82. Like, the first season, he's at 90 now. Like, no no big deal or anything. Uh, Dean, Henderman's my key- Dean Henderson's my keeper. Lucas Hernandez and DeLict are the center backs. Alfonso Davies, 99 pace, left back. Hakimi at right back. It's a wild team. Wild team. Is it going to be Newcastle again for FIFA 21? That's the thing. Is, do, I, do I get FIFA 21? Because I'm just going to play career mode again. With the, But, like, I'll hey, start with a slightly different improve. team. How? Career mode's supposed to have a big improvement in FIFA 21, apparently. It's, also, it's already wonderful. I love career mode so much. Yeah, I can never, I can never yeah. sit down and – play ultimate team for like as long as other people can and like invest into it so no, I, I can't just, do it I anymore career mode. yeah it's, it, I, spend, it's I spend way too much money playing career mode that's the thing it's it's like yeah yep unlucky it is what it is all right well hey wonderful debut luca 10 out of 10 uh this was a lot of fun getting to talk to you guys uh about some footy again uh and we'll definitely be doing it soon massive weekend in the prem Massive weekend, Fantasy Premier League, first first weekend, Adam. Luca, we got to get you in that league. Um, but it's, it's wonderful to be back. Oh. Great to be talking about the Premier League. Uh, thanks for tuning in along with us. 
And we hope that you have found this episode, as always, in the great words of Ray Hudson, to be magisterial. Join us next time.